What's up guys, welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 11th, day 11 of the John Summer Challenge, and we are in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. We made it to John 6 already. In our passage today, we see Jesus perform two more miracles. Miracle number 4 and miracle number 5 that the Apostle John records in this book. And you remember, and you have surely memorized the reason why John writes about these miracles, right? John chapter 20, 30 to 31. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. Jesus would use these miracles to lead many to true faith in himself as the Son of God. But not all would truly believe in him, would they? Even after witnessing these miracles, many would still deny Jesus and his words. They would accept these miracles. No problem accepting these miracles. You can't deny these miracles. They're, they're too public. They're too, uh, they're too exposed. It is sure, but his words they deny. So flocks of people would follow Jesus just to benefit from Jesus' miracles, but would ultimately still deny him as their Lord and Savior. The people wanted a miracle worker, a miracle worker king who would help them to prosper and never go hungry or sick again. And Jesus knows this, doesn't he? He's omniscient. He knows the hearts of all men. But still, out of his amazing kindness, he would perform these miracles that would help those in need. And for Jesus' disciples, the miracles would also test their faith and teach them to trust in their creator, God. So, let's break down our passage today into two parts, two responses from Jesus' disciples. And we'll see number one, a faithless response, a faithless response in verses 1 through 15. Now let me ask you a question. What is the mark of any truly great restaurant? Answer, unlimited free bread. You've got Texas Roadhouse, you've got Olive Garden, you've got all these restaurants. They come to you with fresh, warm bread for free, unlimited, all you can eat. And you can, you know, go with your friends to the restaurant. They'll order their entrees, uh, pay their money, but you can sit there for free and just go to town on that free, unlimited bread. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. They drop a plate down. You say, just get the next one ready too. The bread is the best. Well, where did this idea come from? We see it in our passage today. It comes from Jesus, the bread maker. He completely stuffs about 20,000 people with free, unlimited bread. Thank you, Jesus. This was the fourth and the largest miracle recorded by John 
And it is the only miracle that is in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about this miracle. Many people are continuing to follow Jesus. And this passage tells us that there are about 5,000 men following Jesus there. But we know that this is not including women and children. And so with an estimate of those numbers, the number is actually around 15 to 20,000 people are following Jesus. You ever been to the Staples Center? Or now it's called Crypto.com Arena where the Lakers play? That stadium, that arena holds 20,000 people full capacity. Jesus has a following of an entire packed out Staples Center following him all throughout the mountains, following Jesus, hoping for some miracles. The popularity of Jesus has grown tremendously, but we know that most are there for the wrong reasons, right? Our passage tells us in verse 2, a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. They are following after a miracle worker. And that's all they care about. These people only follow Jesus for his miracles. Not because they were true disciples of the Son of God. However, out of his great compassion, Jesus looks at the 20,000 people following him and knows that they are hungry from their journey. He uses this opportunity to even test his disciples, test the faith of his disciples. And he asks Philip in verse 5, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? How are we going to feed 20,000 people? Now, Jesus doesn't actually need help from Philip, does he? He has a divine plan set from eternity past. He knows exactly what he's going to do and how he's going to use this miracle for his own glory. But this was meant to strengthen Philip and the rest of his disciples' faith. The question was meant to show how impossible the situation was. Of course, there is nowhere where they can go and get bread that would, be, that would have enough bread to feed 20,000 people. That's insane. And let alone, they don't have enough money to buy enough bread to feed 20,000 people. This is an impossible situation. But nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. And this was the part that the disciples did not truly understand or recognize in the moment. In their weak faith, not one of them responded to Jesus by affirming his great power and ability to provide the bread for him, or himself. I mean, you would think, after witnessing all these miracles, following Jesus around, realizing all these things he is capable of, realizing that he is the Son of God, you would think that at least one of them would, would step up and say, Hey, uh, you know, why don't you just provide the bread? I know you can do it. Not one of them goes to that conclusion. They all resort to trying to figure it out practically. 
how can we, what store can we go to? We won't have enough money. All these different things. No, Jesus is the Son of God. And so their faith was found lacking, but Jesus proceeds with the miracle. Jesus takes the five loaves of bread that they already have and the two fish, and he continues to multiply it. He has his disciples pass out the food to all the people, and they all witness the Creator God feed single-handedly 20,000 people. And not only are they, are they fed, the scripture says they had as much as they want of this food. And not only that, they had leftovers. Bomb. The disciples took to-go boxes of the food, went away with it, and realized and learned this day that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Creator of the universe. And after the crowd witnessed this miracle, they wanted to take Jesus by force. Remember we talked about that? They saw these miracles. They want to take Jesus by force and make him their king because of all the good that they're doing for them. But Jesus did not come to serve their selfish needs. So he slips away and continues on his divine plan. Miracle number four complete. Now, number two, a second response from Jesus's disciples. Number two, a faithful response. A faithful response in verses 16 through 21. Here we see miracle number five from Jesus, and yet another opportunity to test the faith of his disciples. This miracle, of course, proves that Jesus is God, but it will also show us how true disciples respond in the midst of disaster. As the disciples are in a boat, they're crossing the lake towards Capernaum, and they get caught in a violent and deadly storm that is going to sink their boat. The wind was so strong that it was blowing them off course. And Matthew tells us in his account that it was pushing them a long distance from the land. Even still, they continued straining at the oars, Mark tells us, and desperately trying to reach safety on the land. Meanwhile, Jesus is away praying on a mountain but in his omniscience his all-knowing nature his perfect timing he comes to their rescue and suddenly in the darkness and through the storm the disciples look out into the water and they see a figure walking on water coming towards them they're not able to recognize who it is at first because of all the mist and the rain. And so they're frightened. And Matthew and Mark tell us that they thought it was a ghost. Ooh. But Jesus continues to walk rapidly and effortlessly through this storm towards them. And he arrives and says to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. And how did the disciples respond now this is the right response they respond in worship in worship 
Matthew tells us that once, uh, or our passage first says, verse 21, so they were willing to receive him into the boat. And then Matthew tells us that once Peter recognized Jesus, he was so eager to get to him that he jumped out of the boat and the Lord allowed him to also walk on water towards him for a few moments. So not only did Jesus walk on water, but Peter did for a few moments as well. And not only that, but when Jesus got into the boat, the wind immediately stopped. And not only that, but our passage tells us that the boat traveled immediately to the safety of land. Four miracles occurred here. And the only natural response from true disciples of Jesus is to stop and bow down and worship this God. Amazing. Matthew 14:33 says, And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's Son. Wow. And we began by seeing a faithless response from Jesus' disciples when they were met with the problem to now seeing his disciples respond in faith and worship in the midst of a disaster. Which response will you have when you are faced with a similar trial? Maybe not in a boat, in a storm, maybe. But other trials, hard times in your life that are sure to come and when you are met with these hard times your faith will be tested and will be revealed do you have true faith in the son of god and do you truly believe what the bible says about jesus i always think about a time that john macarthur explains uh, where he his wife patricia was in a really bad car accident, almost lost her life, and she's in the hospital. And John MacArthur's daughter is in the hospital with him, and she is crying hysterically. She's worried. She is totally just fearful of what will happen to her mother. And John looks at his daughter and says to her, if you really believe what you say you believe about who God is, then start acting like it. Now you might think, that's a really tough love scenario from John. But this is a necessary encouragement to all of us. In the midst of disaster, we can't forget who God is, what He is capable of, how He cares for us, how He will always do things for His glory and for a greater purpose. And if we really believe who God is, then we need to start acting like it. What does this mean for us? Trusting in God, not worrying, not, not going into an anxious state, but knowing that God works all things for his glory and for our good. And so we respond in trust and faith and in humble dependence on Jesus. Is that your response? Will that be your response when you're met with disaster? Will you respond in faith? Or will your response be faithless? What will it be? Well, that's it for today's devotional. I've got three questions for you. 
Number one, not a question, but you got to do it. Write down from memory John 20, verses 30 through 31. We want to memorize this. And so I'm pushing you. Memorize the purpose of this gospel. John 20, 30 through 31. Write it down. Number two, why was the response of the disciples faithless when Jesus fed about 20,000 people? What, how did they respond? Why was it faithless? And number three, how will true disciples of Jesus respond when they are in the midst of disaster? How do true disciples respond in the midst of trials and disaster? Submit your answers to those questions and you will be done with day 11 of the John Summer Challenge. I'll see you tomorrow for day 12.